Welcome to Infoblox Threat Talk, where you'll find the latest thinking on how to tap the full potential of the cloud while making your network more reliable, secure, and automated. Welcome to Threat Talk, a new podcast series from Infoblox. My name is Peter Schof, and I've been covering IT security for going on 15 years. In this series, we're exploring the current cybercrime threatscape, and with the help of both experts and hackers, we're digging into what threats companies are facing today and exactly what companies need to do to combat these threats. Today, I am very pleased to speak once again with Krupa Shrivatsen, the Director of Product Marketing for Infoblox. In this podcast, we're covering cost-effective content filtering using DNS. So, Krupa, first of all, thanks so much for joining me on another podcast. Thank you. Glad to be here. So, clearly, the first question should be, what exactly is content filtering, and how is content filtering done today? Content filtering is exactly what it sounds like. It's to protect users from accessing web pages or email that are not in compliance with the company policy or they may be deemed objectionable, right? So think of websites like pornography, games, maybe drugs, social media, websites that promote violence, things like that that you don't want your users to be accessing on company time, right? You can block them from doing that using content filtering. And typically content filtering is done either in their firewalls or they could also be done using web proxies or web gateways. And, you know, that's one way of doing it, but we are here today to talk about a more cost-effective way of doing content filtering, and that is using DNS. Well, that's exactly my next question. So let's talk about DNS and its specific advantages of using DNS for content filtering. Sure. So to talk about content filtering using DNS, let's take a step back and see what happens when you're trying to go to a website. So let's say you open up your browser and you're trying to go to a website that may be associated with violence, let's say. The first thing it does is the device makes a DNS lookup to go and get the IP address of that website, right? And then once your DNS server gives your device the IP address, then your device makes an HTTP request to go and connect to that website. Now, because DNS is that first point of connection from your endpoint to wherever you're trying to go, it can be used to block that communication and to block that request if we know that that website is actually not in compliance, right, or it's hosting objectionable content. So when you put in, you know, threat intelligence and you put in these content filtering categories onto your DNS server, if you're trying to go to such a website, your DNS lookup will not go through. Right. So you can redirect that user to a walled garden or put up a message that's saying, you know, you're not allowed to access this website because it hosts objectionable content, things like that. You can do it at the DNS level. Now, the advantage of doing it, doing content filtering on DNS versus doing it, you know, somewhere else in your security stack is that the first point of connection, so doing it earlier than later makes sense, and it's also a scalable and cost-effective way to do content filtering because, you know, DNS is everywhere on the network servicing the clients. So when you use that for content filtering, you're actually doing it in a scalable way, and also sure. applying content filtering on the DNS is a cost-effective solution because it's just easier to implement. It takes, like, maybe a few hours to configure your DNS to use content filtering, as, and even any DNS security solution can be configured in like a fraction of the time it takes to implement a more, a different security solution. Usually many security tools take 
weeks to implement configure. DNS is really fast to do. So that's another advantage as well. Great. Now, the first question that comes to mind is, what if the address is unknown by the DNS, like for a new website or something? Yeah, a lot of the time, you know, bad actors will set up new domains just for the purpose of launching an attack or to host malicious content. And thinking that that new domain, you know, will take time for it to show up in any threat intelligence feeds. So that's why, you know, we recommend leveraging threat intel providers, uh, and Infoblox has that as well with our partners, using threat intelligence that can constantly look for these new domains that pop up on the internet and block. You can choose to block any DNS lookup to any new domain that's popped up, let's say, in the last two hours. That could be your company policy, and you can well, do that's that. that's an easy. That's an easy solution. There you go. So now there's a lot of content filtering solutions out there. How does this compare? How does Infoblox's solution compare yeah. in terms of cost and time? You've touched on yeah. it. But... Yeah, let me go a little bit deeper on that. So uh, the benefits of using DNS for content filtering are twofold, uh, lower cost and it's architecturally efficient. So the lower cost is, uh, as I mentioned earlier, acquisition of alternate tools such as Secure Web Gateways is significantly more expensive. And I'm not saying that you don't need Secure Web Gateways. They're really good for what they're built for, deep inspection on web traffic and things like that. But using that just for like content filtering is probably not the most efficient way to do it. And also, administration of these tools requires substantially more resources and time, right? So, but like I said earlier, doing it in DNS takes a fraction of that cost and time. The second benefit is that it's architecturally efficient to do content filtering at the DNS level because it's exactly in the right place within your infrastructure to filter the largest amount of requests in the most efficient way. Right, DNS can do that. And it can block known threats, and it can offload a lot of the work from more expensive perimeter defenses. So it's in the right place. It can filter the largest number of requests, and it can keep the workload off of the more expensive perimeter solutions. Fantastic. Now, vendor lock-in is a problem. Like, how does the Infoblox solution work with other security tools that customers are already using? Because you have to assume that companies are already probably have a few security tools. Yes, absolutely, right? They have at least 10, 12, if not 20 other security tools they're using in their network. And one of the things that Infoblox does is in our content filtering, in our DNS security solution, malware detection, anything that we do from a security perspective, we can automatically notify the rest of the security ecosystem that we detected this request, we blocked it, and this is information about that offending device including where that device is on the network, who it's assigned to, you know, what type of device it is. Because we have all that contextual information from the DHCP fingerprint and the IPAM metadata, we can send a lot of information about that event to vulnerability scanners or SIM or SOAR tools so you can take further action. And customers actually get better ROI from those other tools that they've already invested in because they're getting all this information from Infoblox and they're leveraging the DDI data. So if you have enterprise-grade DDI, you have context, right? So, and you can use it. All right, now, excellent explanation. Now, let's go to use case. Do you have a use case where DNS was used to effectively filter content? Absolutely. So this was a large 
communications provider, EMEA. Obviously, I can't mention the actual provider's name, but it was a large provider that, that was passed with protecting 25,000 schools in that country, in Europe. Right. Uh, imagine 25,000 schools translates to 700,000 computers and 4.5 million students. Imagine the scale of that implementation, right? And school system wanted this provider to implement content filtering, and they wanted this provider to prevent these students from accessing inappropriate sites while they are on the school network. And they wanted to provide a protected browsing experience for these students. So. You know, the provider could very well have started, you know, at like a web gateway level or a web proxy to do content filtering, but they started at DNS, right? They started with DNS. And they implemented the content filtering on Infoblox DNS to protect these 4.5 million students from going to these websites. And the reason they started with DNS is because of the scalability that it provides for such a large deployment, right? And it was it was a large-scale deployment. They were actually quite nervous, you know, whether this would be a successful implementation with, for these schools, which is why yeah. they wanted to augment secure web gateways with DNS content filtering, which gave them that kind of comfort level that DNS is going to do content filtering much earlier in the cycle, and it can provide that safe browsing experience. And they are going to implement secure web gateways in a phase two, but they wanted something that can augment that and that can really scale to the size that they're looking for. And the implementation actually happened in like just at the three to five days, right? Wow. It was for that scale, right? And just like I said, it's easy to configure, it's easy to implement, and in a short period of time, they were able to do that. Wow. And let's just reiterate that because that definitely shows proof of scalability. That was 25,000 schools, 700,000 computers, totaling 4.5 million students. And it was all done in three to five days. Now, that's pretty significant. And you think for the school system, that was pretty high stakes as well. And they definitely wanted that to work. So what are some of the other features that this DNS solution provided the school system? So in addition to content filtering, because they were leveraging the data protection and malware mitigation features of the solution, they could leverage DNS to block CNC communications to known bad sites like malware spread. It could be protection against ransomware, phishing, all types of standard known threats that are out there. They are now protected using DNS from Infoblox. And then they also are protected against data exfiltration that happens via DNS because we offer that as well. So they were able to implement some sort of malware mitigation and data protection in addition to content filtering. Fantastic. Now, I like to finish all of my podcasts this way, like a key takeaway. What, what do you want people to remember from this podcast? So I think the number one thing to remember when it comes to content filtering is that if you have a large deployment, if you're thinking of implementing this for you know, thousands of users, tens of thousands of users or more, I think starting at the DNS level is, again, architecturally efficient and cost-effective. So it can completely augment and work with like a web gateway or a web proxy for content filtering, taking off a lot of the burden from those expensive perimeter tools and doing it earlier in the cycle and doing it in a more efficient way. So that would be the key takeaway. 
That's fantastic. Excellent information. This is Peter Schof of Threat Talks speaking with Krupa Shrivitsen of Infoblox. Anyone looking for more information, go to Infoblox's website and check out the case study EMEA-based internet and communications provider, Secure Schools Networks, using Infoblox. I'd like to thank listeners for joining me on this podcast. Thank you very much. You've been listening to Infoblox Threat Talk. To ensure that you never miss an episode, subscribe to the show in your favorite podcast player. If you'd like to learn more about maintaining a secure, always-on network that enables digital transformation, visit www.infoblocks.com. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time.